declaring the word of the Lord. And I hear the voice of Ezekiel prophesying to these dry bones. Live again, live again. Those who sleep, those in the grave, live again, live again. From the dust of the earth, raise up an army, raise up an army, raise up an army of worshippers.
Good morning, everybody. After that uh, restart, uh, because of my issues, oh my goodness, I just totally forgot to plug in the soundboard. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, I don't know why it's not working. And then I had to change the sound because sound input was on my computer. But that's fixed. It was an easy fix. If the rest of the problems today are like that, I'm good. Um, welcome to Sister on Scripture. Today is Thursday. October the 12th in the year of our Lord, 2023. And I'm so glad to have you here. Um, today, we're still continuing in the book of Ezekiel. But I also want to um, bring in conversation on the Isaiah 61 conference. Um, like Little Red said, you know, it was a good song. She said, I'm really loving this song, especially during the Isaiah 61 conference. And yeah, they were talking about, I think it was Jess Parker that had mentioned about these dry bones. And of course, that song, the song of Ezekiel, discusses these dry bones because that's the book really that is talked about, you know, the dry bones living again. And I take the dry bones as the, you know, when you're kind of in sin and you're in the flesh and your body's just dry, you're not uh, nourished by Jesus, you're not nourished by the blood, you're not healed by his stripes. And so that's what it kind of means to me. I'm sure there's other meanings, but that's my takeaway so far. So we left off on Ezekiel 20. And I just want to do a quick recap on what we've covered so far. Um, because it has been a few days since we've hit some of them. Um, especially like Ezekiel 18. And that's a very important um, chapter is Ezekiel 18, as well as Ezekiel 37, 38, because it's the restoration of Israel. And we're seeing Israel in the war and the news right now. They've really, really went um, and took away all the things that were in the news that needed to be talked about, like border control and security, securing the border, um, about the child trafficking, the immigrants that were lost, um, I don't know if y'all remember that hearing where the, uh, the whistleblower came on and was discussing about the thousands of children that they just released into the country and never checked to see where they were going, never verified if they were going to a family member or what. They just let them loose. And then with the funding of the money in Ukraine and the billions, if not trillion already, we've spent over there. They're trying to do it again now. Um, Lady G is fear-mongering like he always does. And uh, 
So we just have to be aware of that and not let our emotions get to us. You know, when they said they were talking about how they found uh, the thousands of dead children um, over in, I guess it was in Gaza, I believe. And so I, you know, they, they didn't have any kind of evidence. It was just propaganda. Obama administration legalized propaganda on the citizens of America. And so while it's sad, um, it gives us the discernment. We right now, discernment is probably one of the best gifts you can have just because there's so much at, a, at our backs. There's so much trying to attack us. There's so much trying to bring us down because they know if they weaken our spirit, they weaken the Holy Spirit in us. And we have to refuse to allow that because Jesus has said, no man can, can harm any of his children. There's no way that evil will ever defeat the Most High. And so we got to have that confidence. And, you know, Cheryl was talking about um, Cheryl Bryan, Pastor uh, Dave Bryan's wife, yesterday was discussing about how um, she was tired and just wasn't showing a loving heart. And, you know, her, they adopted um, the daughter of Anton LaVey. So she's really gone through a lot of, demonic presence around them, um, things happening. And her son was scared to even go down to the bathroom, down the hall to the bathroom. And, you know, she discussed that. I think it was on, um, I know it was yesterday. I'm trying to look at the time, though. I think it was like the, it was one of the earlier ones, I believe. I'll pull it up for you guys. Also, when Jess Parker, Jess Parker has done one on, um, anxiety. So day two on Tuesday, there was a really good one, Strongholds of Rejection. That was at the 3.30 time slot. Um, and they are Pacific time. And then um, Dave Bryan hit it back with Recognizing Hindering Spirits. Cheryl Bryan, uh, uh, Bryan, sorry, it was Weeding Your Garden. It was 2 p.m. yesterday. And then Jess Parker came back on right after the stronghold of deception. And that discusses anxiety and how our anxiety can really um, have a play on our, not only our physical body and our health, but also our mental clarity. When we are under anxiety and stress, we have that adrenaline that pumps. And, you know, adrenaline is supposed to be for the fight or flight. And now, you know, with the news popping out something horrible every few minutes, um, you're constantly bombarded. And I would almost say these are the weapons of mass destruction because the things that anxiety does to your body, you don't even realize. Um, I think some of my health issues, and I actually had a doctor um, when I went this week on Tuesday, I saw a new neurologist, and he was talking about some of the issues could be from past trauma, both physical and mental, um, to where something big has happened that it caused a stressor. And your body tries to adapt to that stressor and overcome, so it compensates. And there's a point when your body cannot compensate 
any further. Um, and then it's just, you know, trying to, to repair what's going on, you know, and it just gets so out of whack that you can't focus. You can't have clarity. All you can have is fear. And, and you know, I posted a comment yesterday in the family room for those that saw it and commented, thank you. Um, you know, I was just a bundle of nerves and on edge. I, I woke up on edge. I went to bed on edge. Um, throughout the day, I was just on edge. And this has been going on for about a week now. And I'm not one that's usually set on edge. I'm usually one that tries to accomplish, you know, things and fix things. I'm a fixer. And, and so I don't usually allow anything like that to take hold of my mind. But seeing that in Israel, worrying about my son-in-law getting sent overseas, worrying about so much that it took someone telling me to stop. Literally told me to stop. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. What? You just told me something to do? Oh, goodness. Don't tell us Georgia Southern gal what to do. We don't like that, right? But it was true, and I needed to. I needed to stop. And I'm going to actually tell you exactly what was said because it was it was very good, and I think it's applicable to many of us today. Um, especially, I know um, Kitty DeKaren's been, she's worried about her son who's on um, one of the ships that's headed over um, to Israel. I forgot the name of that one, of the ship. But... Um, let me find that comment. It was something that we can all take and, and put to heart and and really apply. So that's why it was really important for me to get that for y'all. I wasn't planning to, but it God just kind of laid it on my heart. It says, listen, listen to the Holy Spirit. I was also playing games with numbers and dates and all of that because of my fear. Listen to the Holy Spirit, pray into peace, love your children as you love Christ, and walk with the understanding that only Father will call us home. There's truth to that, that statement. And sometimes we, we put our anxieties onto others and burden them with those anxieties, and that's not fair. Um, I, I love what Lizanella had said in chat. I was just listening to Pastor Dave from last night. We need to be strong-minded. Reject the thoughts from hell. Where did the thought originate? All spirits communicate through the mind. And that is truth. That is facts. Okay, sorry. I was um, looking here, trying to get back on topic. So um, with Ezekiel, you know, at that time, what we've covered so far is the shepherds have been corrupted um, that they, they wanted and favored the rich and powerful. Um, but instead of the corrupt shepherds, God is declaring that Israel will have only one shepherd, his servant, David, that the Lord will be their God and David will be their prince. The Lord will make a new covenant with them, which is the covenant of Jesus. Um, we had a very good covenant, thanks to Jesus. The Lord's going to make that new covenant. He's going to rid the land of the wild beasts. He's going to send rain when needed. He's going to cause the trees to yield fruit and make the crops grow. You know, he stopped those early on. 
The people are going to know him. They're going to set him free, and they're going to make. He's going to make them safe, and they will know that God is with them and that they are His people. They're going to understand that because Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is also God, the Father. Jesus came to set people free. So that way, um, nobody can harm them. No one can harm those Jesus protects. No one. So why do we fear? Why do we have that anxiety? Spooky Mulder put in the, um, a chat in the chat here. says, I've learned recently in my own experience, when I feel something unnatural in the body or mind to shut down thought, stand still and just think, Jesus, those right there, great words. And that's what I, I had to do yesterday. I had a, like a three-hour conversation um, on healing and, and things like that. And afterwards, yes, I was refreshed and renewed. But ultimately, we cannot rely on one another to lift us up because there's going to come a time and place where it's just going to be us walking with Jesus. I hope and pray that doesn't happen, but I know it will because we all die and you know we all that part of that comes and so we have to be strong in our faith in our walk with jesus we have to instead of turning to each other which we should uh, i'm not saying not to do that at all we need to turn to jesus first because when we do and like what uh, spooky was saying you know, if you just focus on Christ and not the storm, he's going to see you through. He's going to calm you with his presence. He's going to calm you with his warmth throughout your body. And he's going to calm your mind. And that's what we really need to, to start focusing on is calming of the mind because we are attacked on all fronts. And now I'm going to dive into um, Ezekiel 21. It's the parable of the sword and the Lord. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, and I just love that, Son of man, set your face toward Jerusalem and speak against the sanctuaries and prophesy against the land of Israel. See, people right now think that we can't, um, that we have to stand with Israel, the land, and not Israel, the people. And we have to ha stand with Israel, the people, and accept that what's going on evil over there is on the land, not all of the people. And God, and, I, and say, this is what God's telling to Ezekiel, and say to the land of Israel, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am against you, and I shall draw my sword out of its sheath and cut off from you the righteous of the wicked, or the righteous and the wicked. Because I shall cut off from you the righteous and the wicked, therefore my sword shall go forth from its sheath against all flesh from the south to north. Thus all flesh will know that I, the Lord, have drawn my sword out of its sheath it will not return to its sheath again. 
and it will come about when they say to you, why do you groan? That you will say, because of the news that is coming and every heart will melt, all hands will be feeble. Sorry, I lost, I had to turn the page and took me a second. And every spirit will faint and all knees will be weak as water. Behold, it comes and it will happen, declares the Lord God. See, people think that, they, I don't get it, but a lot of people think that Christianity and is all about, and it is about love and peace. But there are times when there's not peace. There's times when there, there has to be accountability for actions. And that's what previously in Ezekiel was talking about is the accountability and responsibility for their actions because the people, they weren't. They weren't trying to be accountable. They didn't want to, to have to pay for their, for their actions and their wrongdoings. They didn't want to repent. And even now, you know, the people need Jesus. That's what's going to bring them peace. It's been told that is what's going to bring peace. And so with that peace, that, that just comes from Jesus. Just like I said, you know, peace comes from him. We seek him. We don't seek our flesh. We don't seek what we want. We have to completely surrender ourselves over to the will of God. And then, and only then, will God begin to work in our lives. He wants and demands full submission. You know, in Ezekiel um, 8 through 11, we were talking about the empty te uh, temple. And that the, the people of Jerusalem, based on their belief, that the city wouldn't fall on the existence of God's temple. And so they thought, well, surely God's not going to let anything happen to his, his dwelling place, especially by pagans. And that's what I dislike about Christmas. We celebrate the end of a pagan holiday. Did you realize the two weeks, I believe it is, I may be a little off on the, the number of days, but I believe it's the two weeks before Christmas. They were able to go out and everything, kind of like the purge, you know, the movie The Purge, that's what it reminds me of. They were able to go out and commit all types of sin. And then on Christmas Day, it's supposed to be washed clean. But in fact, and we celebrate it. We celebrate that. And I'm just absolutely disgusted because what I celebrated wasn't because of that. From December 1st until you know, December 25th, we read the book of Luke. You know, because there's 24 chapters in Luke. So it leads up, if you start day one, it leads up, you finish on Christmas Eve. And then the next day, you celebrate what we have in our Messiah. But what they really did is they flipped it. And I saw a video the other day. I don't know how accurate it is, to be honest. And I've not really dove into the actual date of birth of Jesus. Um, 
I think that if it was that important, it would have been in the Bible. And it's not. So I know that that wasn't one of the priorities that God wanted his people to know. Yet we do need to recognize the paganistic ways of, of different holidays, just like Easter. Oh, boy, Easter is pagan as well. We should celebrate Passover, not Easter. But the people didn't think that God was going to let his dwelling place be destroyed. But when Ezekiel, in a vision, he saw God withdraw from the presence of the temple and the holy city. And then afterwards, the temple was nothing but an empty shell because God wouldn't remain with the people whose sins showed him totally disrespect. Spooky says that uh, the winter solstice is important to them as well as autumn solstice. Speculation is March and September, I believe, for Christ's birth, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Like, it's not. The actual date isn't important. And just like while we celebrate our birthdays and, and they're a cause for joy, people have commercialized that even. Like everything they're commercializing. Birthdays. Oh, goodness. Part, you know, all presents. And presents are nice. Presents are, are good. But it's not money. It's not anything you can hold tangible in your hands. It's love. It's, it's celebrating the fact that someone you care about was born into this earth, into this world, and into the flesh. That's what matters. That's what Jesus said. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes, or what goes into the stomach, I'm sorry, what goes into the stomach that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth that determines his heart. And that's why we had the change from unclean foods where we could not consume anything that was unclean to where we could consume like shellfish because that was one of my big things. I love crab. I love shrimp. And I had a hard time with that when I was was learning that scripture and going through. And, you know, my mind was trying to work out the rationality of, well, why? Why can't we? Why did it change? What made it change? What's the difference? And even a pastor couldn't tell me the difference. It was just, well, it's just that that's how it is. And I'm like, well, a pastor is supposed to lead his flock. Not just say, well, that's because that's the way it is. Yeah, that is the way it is, but why? And it's important to understand the what, when, where, how, and whys of the Bible to fully appreciate what's coming in through the scriptures. And I hope that makes sense. Um, you know, we really, for me anyway, that's how my brain works is that, you know, I need to know the rationality behind it so I can learn, not just memorize. I don't want to memorize scripture. I want to be able to learn and apply what's there. And that's, I mean, I think we all should see that. I don't think there's anything wrong with seeking that. In Ezekiel 18, he was discussing about how many in Jerusalem was shrugging off the warnings of Ezekiel and Jeremiah. Jeremiah really tried to preach it to him, and so did Ezekiel. 
that if their forefathers had displeased God and he was intent on punishing them, there's nothing they can do about it. God's will shall be done. Ezekiel confronts this because it's, it's very fatal because the, the soul who sins is the one who will die. That's Ezekiel 18.4. And what Ezekiel was announcing is just the personal responsibility, that accountability, that the incoming invasion of God is going to distinguish between the righteous and the wicked. The wicked would be killed while the righteous would survive to go into captivity. In Ezekiel 18, the prophet gives four examples to show that God deals with human beings individually. Like if a righteous man has a violent son, the son will die in Ezekiel 18, 5 to 3, uh, 13. If the violent son has a righteous son, the righteous son will live. Ezekiel 18, 14 through 18. And that there is saying that, you know, before we were held for held accountable for our the sins of our fathers and their fathers and the father's fathers. You know, it's something that kind of continued to go along the line to where, uh, you know, we we were condemned by what we had no control over. What Ezekiel's saying is that, you know, if the righteous man has a violent son, the righteous man isn't dying, the son is going to die. If a violent son has a righteous son, the righteous son's going to live, not die. If a wicked man turns from his ways, he will live, Ezekiel 18, 19 through 23. If a righteous man turns to evil, he's going to die, Ezekiel 18, 24 to 29. So that's kind of like summarizing it there for you. Um, Ezekiel 18 to 32, Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of the one who dies, says the Lord God. Therefore, turn and live. And that's New King, New King James Version. Um, I did take that one out of, not out of NASB. Normally, um, for you guys that follow the show, I normally do read out of NASB, but sometimes I will switch it up um, with KJV and uh, the New King James Version. I don't like NIV, and I don't care much for ESV because the language is, for lack of a better word, corrupt. Um, I think some of the translations, though hard for us to understand, I think they were important for us to understand the exact meanings um, for what was going on. Lorette says, all, all the traditions of men can and do take our eyes off Christ. We focus on him and the Holy Spirit teaches us and leads us into righteousness through his blood shed on the cross. <laughs> Oh, goodness, I had a phone call. Sorry. I hope that didn't come through. Did y'all hear that? <laughs> yeah, ring, ring. I think it's that company trying to schedule me for the EEG. They'll be okay. All right, so we're going to get back into Ezekiel 21. 
again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, prophesy and say, thus says the Lord, say, a sword, a sword sharpened and also polished. Is it still low? I didn't answer it, but it, um, it may just still be muted from the call trying to come in. Okay. Lorette says it's all good. Good. Sharpen to make a slaughter. Um, this is 2010. Polished to flash like lightning. Or shall we rejoice the rod of my son despising every tree? And it is given to be polished that it may be handled. The sword is sharpened and polished to give it into the hand of the slayer. Cry out and wail, son of man, for it is against my people. It is against all the officials of Israel. They are delivered over to the sword with my people. Therefore, strike your thigh. And I'm going to go back to Ezekiel 2.8 on this because of when Ezekiel was doing. Ezekiel was one of the most theatrical um, of the prophets. He really, like, he went to all extremes to, to get it to stick in their heads. And and still, you know, just like as, as what happens, people have free will. Um, God typically addressed Ezekiel with the phrase son of man with a lowercase s, not an uppercase, like as in Jesus. And he did that... Um, likely to emphasize his humanity over against God's holiness. Jesus referred to himself the same way, but with an entirely different meaning. So the book of Ezekiel doesn't serve as a direct background for Jesus's use of the phrase. And of all the prophets, Ezekiel was called on by God to perform more unusual acts in connection with his message than any others. Like I said, he's the most theatrical one of them all. And I think it's because, you know, Jeremiah, oh gosh, Jeremiah tried and tried and tried to bring his, the people to repentance. On this occasion, he's ate a, he ate a scroll. He's uh, probably, it says probably because it had on it the words he was to utter. So he wanted to, to ingest the words God wanted him to speak. And though that's an extreme case, I mean, that's what God laid on his heart, so he followed. Another time he had acted out after, acted, oh, excuse me, acted out an after dark escape of the words, no, of some of his fellow countrymen back in Jerusalem. He used a type, a type of shadow boxing to depict the Babylonian slaughter, which was coming. Well, that's going to be where, um, that's what we're talking about now um, in Ezekiel 21, 14 through 17. At times during his preaching, he would clap his hands, stamp his feet and cry, alas, or he cried and wailed. He would slap his thighs, like what we were just reading. As a sign to the people, he used a brick to represent Jerusalem and built a model depicting its siege. To represent the length of Israel and Judah's punishment respectfully, he was bound with cords and lay on his left side for 390 days and on his right side for 40 days. That's in Ezekiel 4, 4 through 8. 
During that first period, he consumed only rationed food and water to symbolize the plight of those left in Jerusalem. He also cut his hair, divided it into thirds, and disposed of it in three different manners to indicate the ways in which the inhabitants of Jerusalem would perish. All of this was at the direction of the Lord, and it helped reinforce his message. Because, you know, when you, at that time, you know, stuff like that really wasn't done. And if it was, usually they were, they were drunk on wine. And so Ezekiel wasn't drunk on wine, but he was really, God really was trying to, to save the people. He didn't want harm to his children. We are his children and he, he wants nothing for good, but good for us. When anyone says that God caused something bad, tell them, no, that's of the devil. Satan seeks to destroy. Satan seeks to harm. That is which is God's because Satan is envious. Satan is conceited. Satan is wicked. And so anything that comes from God is not bad. Anything that comes from evil is bad. Ezekiel 21, 13. For there is a testing and what if even the rod which despises will be no more, declares the Lord God. You therefore, son of man, prophesy and clap your hands together and let the sword be doubled the third time, the sword for slain. It is the sword for the great one slain which surrounds them that their hearts may melt and many fall at their gates. I have given the glittering sword Ah, it is made for striking the striking like lightning. It is wrapped up in readiness for slaughter. Show us yourself sharp. Go to the right, set yourself. Go to the left, wherever your edge is appointed. I shall also clap my hands together and I shall appease my wrath. I, the Lord, have spoken. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, as for you, son of man, make two ways for the sword of the king of Babylon to come. Both of them will go out of one land and make a signpost, make it at the head of the way to the city. You shall mark a way for the sword to come to Rabbah of the sons of Ammon and to Judah into the fortified Jerusalem. For the king of Babylon stands at the parting of the way at the head of the two ways to use divination, he shakes the arrows, he consults the, the household idols, he looks at the liver. Into his right hand came the divination, Jerusalem to set battering rams to open the mouth for slaughter, to lift up the voice with a battle cry, to set battering rams against the gates, to cast up mounds to build a siege wall. And it will be to them like a false divination in their eyes. They have sworn solemn oaths that he brings inequity to remembrance that they may be seized. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have made your inequity to be remembered and that your transgressions are uncovered so that in all your deeds, your sins appear. Because you have come to remembrance, you will be seized with the hand. And you, O slain wicked one, the prince of Israel, whose day has come in the time of the punishment of the end. Thus says the Lord God, remove the turban and take off the crown. 
This will be no more the same. Exalt that which is low and abase that which is high. A ruin, a ruin, a ruin, I shall make it. This also will be no more until he comes whose, whose right it is, and I shall give it to him. That's capital H in that hymn. And you, son of man, prophesy and say, Thus says the Lord God concerning the sons of Ammon and concerning their reproach, and say, A sword, a sword is drawn, polished for the slaughter, to cause it to consume that which may be like lightning. While they see for you false visions, while they divine lies for you to take you, I'm sorry, to place you on the necks of the wicked who are slain, whose day has come in the time of the punishment of the end. Return it to its sheath in the place where you were created in the land of origin. I shall judge you and I shall pour out my indignation on you. I shall blow on you with the fire of my wrath and I shall give you into the hand of brutal men skilled in destruction. You will be fuel for the fire. Your blood will be in the midst of the land. You will not be remembered for I, the Lord, have spoken. You know, God says in the end, or Jesus says in the end, that daughters will prophesy. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will have visions. I think it's old men. Hang on, I'm going to read it. It's in Acts. I do not want to butcher that. I just put that one on my heart too. So I wasn't expecting to go there, but I'm going there. And I'm going there for good reason. Because once we finish this book, we're going back to Acts. There's some things, uh, obviously, a few people had missed in Acts, myself included. So I'm not judging anyone. I'm just letting it be known, you know, what that was. I thought I was okay. Hold on. I'm sorry, guys. It's not Acts. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 12. I was thinking it was Acts. We are going back to the book of Acts after Ezekiel. I think it's important. I've seen a lot of comments on that. And so I think it's... Um, it's good to just go back and, and refresh, you know, because the the living word speaks us speaks to us differently at different times. Just like today, I was looking for the verse, and if anyone remembers it, let me know, please. There's a verse in scripture, and it's either Jeremiah or Isaiah. We talked about it, and I know there's some that have been here from the beginning since we started um, when we were in that book and those books about how we're Jesus or God, not Jesus. God tells us. There's times not to pray. Um, and I had a hard time with that. I, I didn't understand why we didn't pray. It's like God tells us to pray. What do you mean don't pray? So if somebody recalls that verse, that scripture, 
if you'll put it in the chat for me, I would greatly appreciate that. I remember sections, but I can't remember all the words. Why I'm here, I'm going to read. I'm in for uh, 2 Corinthians right this second. This is 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. When we are weak, he is strong. That's red letter language. That's Jesus's words. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. God teaches us things when we're down, when we go through hard times, when we struggle. And I don't know a single person that's in this chat right now and probably even listening that hasn't struggled at some point. I mean, if you reach adulthood, especially hit 30s, you've struggled at some point with something. Doesn't matter how big or small, there's something that's come across your life that you've had to struggle. And when you come out on the other side of that, you come out stronger, you come out bolder, you come out more equipped to handle that and more equipped to help others handle those situations. All right, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. It's on the gifts. And many people have asked about, you know, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. I don't either. I'm learning them. All right, so 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10 says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Holy Spirit, or through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another, various kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretations of tongues. Ah, oh, you found it. Awesome. Thank you. I'm writing that down. You must have went searching for it after we got off the phone. Sorry, guys, I'm writing these down. I didn't want to lose them again. I thought it was in Jeremiah. I just wasn't sure. So those are, you know, the, the, the gifts that we have, that we've been given. And there's also, like, the gifts of the sons and daughters who will prophesy. And that's one I'm not finding either. Okay, here it is. It's Acts 2, 17 through 18. In the last days, the sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will have visions, old men dreams. And um, he will pour out spirit on all who prophesy. That's the summary of that one. And, and a lot of people are seeing the signs of the end times. Um, I don't know if we are in the end times or not. I'm not going to even try to touch that one. I just knew I follow what God tells me, what Jesus shows me. 
And not necessarily that God actually verbally says, hey, go do this. It's more of in, in a signs and, and what we feel in our heart. Jesus really is focused on the heart of man. Oh, gosh, I just realized that we're already at 12 o'clock, so, um, or almost five minutes till. So I'm going to go ahead and stop. I don't want to get into Chapter 22 yet. We'll start that on Monday. Um, I've got someone, Paperback Patriot's going to come on when we hit Ezekiel 38 because she's got a lot of good information She's that God has, you know, given her a lot of wisdom. And there's different things that God gives each of us. Um different skills and I believe each of us have the ability to have all of those gifts of the Holy Spirit if we accept them and if we allow him to work through us to give those to us but we get inside of our own our own heads and we limit God we put God in a box we we in our own thoughts and our own fears and anxieties we lose focus on what Jesus said, you know, do greater works than me. Jesus said by, you know, by his stripes, we are healed. We have healing. We have the ability to heal ourselves. That's greater works than he, because Jesus himself healed people. Well, now we have the power and the ability to heal ourselves and to heal others. You know, Satan, the devil, he actually was the one who first deceived man and tempted him to disobey God, which caused pain and sickness and death to first come to man. That's who brought Satan is who brought sickness upon Job. You know, Satan, Satan really tries to deceive. And, and Jesus says, you know, in 1 Peter 2.24, and he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds, you were healed. Uh, my stones are almost gone. They had more when they did um, lab work Tuesday. The UA actually showed the some of the stones in there, although I didn't see them, but the crystals of them were. So I really think those are going, they're going away. So, and that's thanks to prayer. That's thanks to believing that when we prayed, that was going to be done. And it is being done. I mean, that was a miracle, guys. I had stones in both kitties left and right that were large. Like one was 13 millimeters, one was 7 millimeters. Neither one were supposed to pass. Neither one, by textbook, they're too big to pass. Yet when I went for um, a CT scan, the left kidney was completely cleared. The right kidney was down to just one little piece that was, um, gosh, it was, I think, five millimeters or something like that. It was small. Um, and since then, I've still passed more. So that's the power of prayer. And some people may say that prayer makes you weak if you don't have actions with it. And I disagree with that. I think our prayers with the intent, God is going to answer our prayers. 
we don't always have to go out battling physically. Right now, this is a spiritual war. And anyone that's not aware of the spiritual war that's going on really needs to get into Scripture. And I'm not, I'm not condemning anyone. I'm just saying for your own wisdom and knowledge, you should read into that because this battle is not of the flesh. It's of our souls. Right now, our, all of our souls are at stake. Our eternity is at stake. And that's why I don't do this show for myself. I don't do this because I want fame or, or seeking notoriety or anything. It's because God laid it on my heart to do it. You know, there's a lot of people that don't have time to read Scripture. There's a lot of time that... Sorry, my daughter texted me and I got distracted. And I completely lost my, my thought on that. Oh, the spiritual war. There's a lot of times where, like right now, um, our minds are being controlled by outside influence. We have to use our own ability, our own power to take control back over our mind to take that control back for Jesus because he died on that cross for us. Oh, there we go. The uh, audio. That's why I did it. Uh, so I wanted people to be able to hear, you know, because it helps me to hear. It helps me sometimes if I'm busy and can't open the Bible to go and listen to um, anything, you know, on, on Scripture just for, you know, getting that time in. That's part of, of putting on your armor every day. Um, that is what helps us defeat the enemy. And um, I didn't realize that, but apparently um, a 10 millimeter is the standard, is a standard nut on cars. So, yeah, it was huge. It was big. God did that. God did that through our prayers, so that's proof. Um, God works through our prayers. And now I'm going to take prayer or request. I'll play some music for us, um, if it'll play upon being. If not, I'll find a song on my own. Just a second. I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, um, Barry. I did have a breakdown and I did go buy cigarettes, unfortunately. I shouldn't have. Um, I felt guilty. I smoked one and I haven't smoked another, so my absolute wanted to be stopped by date is November first. So going from a pack and a half a day to just now having one I think I'm doing okay um, I'm just still praying into God for that for, for to get me through it I just I had a I allowed the stress and anxiety anxiety to get to me all right I've got a song for us it's Chris
guys let's go into prayer um we're gonna ask father to to heal the sick and we're gonna get some stuff done and he's gonna hear us because we're all gonna believe so focus on your prayer here and let father lead you in your heart and if you will just bow your heads close your eyes as long as you're not driving those of you who are driving please don't don't get a wreck i don't want that Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time together, this space that you brought us together, and that we may use the internet for good instead of the bad that it was originally meant for. The, the harm that was caused by, by porn, which was amplified by easy access in your home to where you're not embarrassed out in public going to buy a Playboy or anything like that, that that internet was just, it, it was created for, for harm and we are using it for good. So Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for, for all of us being able to come together in prayer right now and that we are going to believe that those who, who we ask prayer for, that they're going to receive because that's what you tell us. So Father, we've, we pray for the man and the one that sired him that we can stop whatever spell casts were, were done, whatever ties that were binding them, whatever strongholds that's holding them back. Father God, you know who we are speaking of. You know this, this request that we have. And we just ask for your divine intervention in this case. Father, we also ask that in the Isaiah 61 conference, which just started that that it frees people, that it, it breaks those chains and, and bonds to the slavery of the devil, that that they're all loosened and broken, that if any tours, um, any cords need to be severed, Father, that we may do that, that if there's any any contracts that we made, that we break those contracts, Father God, help us remember any of those that we might have made that that we have pushed aside because our brain is trying to protect us. Father, bring that to the forefront. Bring that to where we can address that, where we can repent for that, where we can free ourselves from that, Father God, because you give us that that power by the, by the blood of Jesus on the cross. By his stripes, we are healed and we are proclaiming healing over everyone right here in the live chat, over everyone that's going to be listening later, Father God. We, we declare healing. We declare it because Jesus took the pain for us so we may be healed. Father, we thank you for the healing that's coming to Emily, our sister. Father, for for her left eye healing up, even though they're still keeping the oil in for, for another six months, Father, we know that when they take that out, she's going to be restored. And if she's not, Father, we know that that that's how you willed it and so she's going to see things that she never saw before because she was looking too hard either way father god we know and we trust and we have faith that you're going to work this for your good and to bring glory to your name because that's what we do father god we don't we don't seek the glory we don't seek the accolades we ask that you decrease us so that may he may increase in us and in others, Father God. We pray that that we may be used by you to touch others, 
to help bring them to Jesus, to help bring them to repentance if they need it, to help bring them healing, to help bring them into love, Father God, because so many people, so many hearts are just hardened. They're dark and they're just screaming for a way to get out. They're screaming for someone to be that light that's going to drag them out of that darkness into that light. Because, Father God, nothing that is in the dark is going to stay in the dark. It will be revealed. It will be brought to light. And it will be slayed. Father, we ask for, for prayers for, for Candy and Jim Cates. Um, she's been a fighter. At, and, Father God, through this whole ordeal, you have brought Jim to the head of his house in prayer which is something that Candy had prayed for. And now you have delivered that, Father God, even though she had to go into um, having a stroke and had to go through an induced coma. Father, you have worked this still to your good like you always do. And for our brother, Jim Conley, who's, who's gone through more than any parent should go through, the loss of a child is unnatural. It, it's, it does something to the mind and to the body and to the heart and to the soul. So, Father God, for everyone who has lost a child that that went before them, and it's so unnatural. Father, we, we pray for, for healing of those hearts, for understanding to come, and, and for the wisdom and knowledge to still seek you even though that happened, even though that horrible thing that that they wanted you know, it's, you never want you to lose a child. You never want to be separated from that child. You give us that nurturing, protective instincts in all men and women, moms and dads alike. And Father God, we just, we pray for their hearts that are sad, the hearts that are mourning, that they don't, be, they're not able to sink into darkness, but stay in the light. And so far, Father God, he's stayed in the light. And we thank you for that. Um, we also ask prayers for our Spooky Mulder's health issues. They've not been diagnosed, but he's got something going on digestive, maybe with his liver or gallbladder. And so, Father, he's going in for a scan next Monday. And we just pray that that scan is clear, that that it, it it's all going to be gone, that you're going to resolve these issues. You're going to guide him. You're going to direct him where he needs to go for healing. Not pharma, not poisons, not sorcery or witchcraft in the medicines, but rather your healing, Father God, your, your amazing love that will heal all. And Father God, we ask to, for you to continue to bind our hearts together so we can gather in your name, in your powerful name, that we may be be able to come together and defeat anything that comes at us, no matter what it is, no matter what de device evil brings to us. It doesn't hold a light to us. It doesn't hold a light to, to you. It can't harm us. So free our minds and our bodies of the anxiety and the stress that is coming from that evil, from that darkness, because we don't allow it to, to, to have, take any root in our body. We don't allow it to have any holds on us. We break those chains. We sever any of those connections trying to hold us back. Father God, and for Karen, we ask that her daughter walks away from her current lifestyle, from drugs and alcohol abuse, because we know there's something deep, Father. She's, she's missing something. She's missing your love. She's not seeking your love. She's seeking something else to fulfill that. And it's not 
not getting fulfilled. She's not getting that nourishment on your word. So, Father God, we pray that she gets her nourishment, not from drugs or alcohol or from society, but from you, Father God, because we know Karen is a loving mother. We know that she wants the best for her daughter. And and she's her daughter's struggling with mental health issues that, Father, we know you have the power to heal. Um, she's got a two-month-old baby, and and now with Child Protective Services, looking at her, Father, we just pray for her to be set free, that she can walk in health and wellness of everything that you have intended her to be, that she would submit to your authority and return back to the family, that she will say, you know what? These drugs aren't, they're only masking. This alcohol, when it goes away, the problem's still there and likely greater. Father, we we pray for her daughter. We pray for all the daughters and sons that that are lost and seeking, and they're seeking in the wrong places. We pray for that restoration. We pray that she's not bound to that s- slavery by Satan, by evil, by, by any other outside influences that make it seem like she needs that. When what she needs is the love of the Holy Spirit and Jesus in her heart. And we know it's there. I feel it there right now, Father. And I feel that there's a word here that's forgiveness. There's something that she needs to forgive, whether it's in her family or if it's in somewhere else in her past. There's something she needs to let go of. There's something that's still holding her mind and her heart back. So she's seeking a way out. She's seeking a way to to, to be able to just to, to escape for a little bit. But, Father, that escape's not, it's not real. The escape in you is real. So we pray for her. We declare that right now for her. And, Father God, we pray for, for all of our warriors that, that they maintain that warrior heart and that heart of Jesus that's, that's also love, but that's also not going to continue to allow sin to continue to go on father god sin separates us from you sin sin puts holes in us like swiss cheese and it keeps us from being able to receive all the blessings that you have for us all the treasures that we have stored up in heaven we can't receive those we can't have those on this earth father god if we are still in sin so we we break those chains of sin we break that cycle we we declare that it's over we declare by the blood on the cross that is jesus the sacrifice that he made that no more shall any of his children be harmed and be stuck in evil paths be stuck in and covering up of those emotions that pain wherever the pain is coming from father i just pray that they speak that pain to you, they give that pain to you, and that they are free. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, guys, sorry. Uh, not sorry. That was that was fire. I, I, I got a, no, man, that was God. That wasn't me. Thank you, Jesus. We are going to heal. We are going to restore we are going to repair all that evil has destroyed. So so know it in your heart. Believe it. Don't give doubt a, a chance to seek into that or seep into that. Don't give the evil the authority over you. Take power back. We have it. Jesus gave it to us. 
And if you're not quite sure how to do that, go watch Isaiah 61 conference at Glad Tidings. There's so many different ways you can watch it. You can watch it on Rumble off of the resistance checks. They're streaming it on Rumble and Facebook. Um, the Rumble was having some issues. Um, you could also watch it on YouTube on the Church of Glad Tidings on their actual website. There's many, many ways for you to watch it. And you can catch back up. There, There's healing in, in that deliverance. There's healing. I feel it. I've already felt it. I've already seen it. So, guys, just believe. Um, I like this comment here, Spooky said. Like Scott says, we have to believe it harder than they believe. If we believe it, we will manifest it through Christ. And Mary says, speak the word of the Bible if you don't know what to pray. And that's what God will God will work through you. It's not us. It's not our flesh. And that's what people, I've had a lot of people ask me, well, I don't know how to pray. Speak from your heart and God will, God will give you the words. God will give you the strength. God will help you persevere. So I pray that all of you guys have a wonderful, blessed day. Um, I will see you guys online. And I'll be back on live on Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific. We'll continue in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 22 at that time. Have a wonderful, blessed day, guys. Go in the light. Be salty Christians. You know, salt actually sweetens. So let's go be salt and light. God bless you guys.